0: Reporting. Red 10 standing by. Red 7
1: standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing
2: by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. Your source stand for Ion Ion entertainment Ion reviews from a galaxy far, Ion far, Ion far, far away. This is it. He laser clinkers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. We're joined today by two guests. First, we have Bruce, who is a producer of the Star Wars Report. Hello, hello. And we also have Ted, who is an alumni of the long, I don't know know what I was going to say. I was going to say like long dead but not forgotten EU cast. (laughs) That's a little (laughs) more morbid than I intended. (laughs) But Ted, (laughs) welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. How
1: is everyone doing?
2: doing great good.
0: thanks for thanks for joining the show it's been a, a long time since you've been on a star wars podcast
1: with us it's been a while yeah i don't know how long it's been what like uh eight years probably wow. uh, eight years probably like six but it's been a while six or
0: yeah, it's been yeah. six and eight years it's been a while so glad to have you back and bruce fantastic to have you with us as well producer of the star wars report I almost said star wars show um and uh our uh compatriot at uh star wars celebration europe and uh and dragon con
3: yeah that was a lot of fun hanging out with you i got to know you better to the point that i thought well you know william's an all right guy maybe maybe i can do his podcast with him
0: <laughs> just <laughs> uh, maybe we'll see how this goes now i gotta see you what never want to come back again
3: yeah and ted you know he's been gone forever so who knows what we can get from him
0: i scared him off <laughs> <laughs> oh geez <laughs> oh my Boy, we have some uh,
3: some we have some big
0: news this week though. Uh, on uh, on Friday uh, or Thursday night, if you were one of the people who stayed up late, they uh, they had a midnight launch for Force Friday. Uh, did you, any of you guys go to the uh, events at nope. all for Force Friday? The midnight launches? Nope. No. No. Oh, okay. Although I uh, know. Some of our friends like uh, in Atlanta for the Star Wars report uh, went. It's a midnight shopping. Uh, Ted, who uh, is also here in Seattle with me, we, we went to the, the local Toys R Us. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, what did
1: you think, Ted? This, was this your first midnight launch for uh, the collectibles? Yeah, this was my first midnight launch for the collectibles. Um, it was a little small in Bellevue. It was. It yeah. was. Yeah, but uh, we got some pretty sweet posters. I really did like that one. Um, they had a very cool Rogue One poster. They got yeah. some free T-shirts. Uh, yeah, and uh, what did you get though, William?
0: I got uh, I got a, a K two S O and Jin Urso. Uh, I just really realized, realized those rhyme uh, figures. Excuse me, and then of course the free T-shirt and the poster. So I didn't get a ton, but I just wanted to get you know a little collectible to right. uh, remember the occasion. And uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners, Connor, who we actually met in line. That was really cool. Um, happened to be right in, right next to us in line and recognized uh, uh, my voice. And it was really cool to chat with him. So uh, that was a lot of fun.
4: That's surprising we're meeting listeners because you met one there and I met one in Chicago when I went on a business trip. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't That's tell correct, you that eh? story? Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. When I, oh, I'll make it really quick. I went on a business trip. And it happened to be uh, both of us were on the same kind of – w- it was a, uh, a seminar thing. We were both on the same track. And we were talking and, and somehow we got on the thing of podcast and Star Wars. And we started talking Star Wars. And I'm like, yeah, I do a podcast. He goes, really? Which one? I go, Ion County. He goes, oh, yeah, I listen to that podcast. I'm like, really? He goes, oh, yeah, I listen That's to the awesome. podcast. Yeah, I was. I, it oh, cool. shocked me. Yeah, so it's always I... fun to meet,
0: uh, meet a listener. Yeah. And he's doing a podcast. So he'll, he'll be starting a podcast as well. So best of luck to him. Very cool. Uh, and, have the the name in front of me hopefully I'll have you uh, on. also sorry
4: hopefully he'll have you on
0: yeah uh also on Friday uh rebels the rebels season 2 soundtrack was released so before Force Friday at you know 9 p.m when it went live on uh on groove music I uh, I started listening to it and oh, it is so good I think the season two soundtrack is way better than season one personally uh although season one has some great pieces um i think ted you were you listened to that as well
1: yes i did yeah actually me and william were both listening to uh <laughs> listening to it together before Force friday I, I asked like i didn't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you outed me
1: uh, uh well and i lo- especially love some of those songs like um man i can't remember the one title but they it was one where zeb's home world they're gonna go to his home world oh yes um, yes yeah um,
0: that one is called uh, oh. Journey into the Star Cluster.
1: Right. And then that it's inspired by Philip Glass's music. Um, it's, and it's got that orchestral, not huge, but it's just like a couple violins, a couple cellos. And it's very um, simplistic, I guess, is yeah. the best word for it. And I just love that sound. So I went and looked up Philip Glass after that, too. (laughs) Yeah, it was great soundtrack. There's a lot of good pieces. Actually, some of my favorite ones are the quieter pieces in many
0: ways. Uh, Twin Moons is really good. Journey into the Star Cluster. Um, There's uh, You Can't Protect Ezra Forever. And then, uh, of course, it's over now from the, the you know the season finale. There's also another piece which I think is probably my my guess is it's an alternate piece for the for the, for the finale because I don't remember ever hearing this in the show. But it's called "Where the Sun Sails and the Moon Walks." And I think it's a Lord of the Rings reference or a yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien reference.
1: Yeah. So um, we looked that up, and it does. It comes from J.R.R. Tolkien, um, and it has something to do with the Eagles, I believe, and. Oh, cool. um, yeah, I don't know if anyone I didn't I don't read much of the Lord of the Rings series, but it had something to do with like things coming to an end and uh, bidding farewell. So we thought that had a lot to do with uh, Soka originally. Right. And the Convarees that we see throughout the show
0: that seem to be, um, you know, uh, the birds always around for something the Eagles. things think happening. Yeah. Yeah, But, you know, I don't know a lot of the Lord of the Rings either, unfortunately. Bruce, as you know, (laughs) you were there when you guys showed me the first film.
3: Uh, I was there when William saw the very first film of Lord of the Rings. We actually made him sit through the whole thing. Way,
0: way, way back three weeks ago.
3: Three weeks ago, yes. But you have to watch the second and third.
2: Uh, Oh, geez. I just... Oh,
4: okay there's so many things wrong with that william i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna start okay well then don't get mad at me because i have not seen one of them
0: <laughs> oh okay that makes me you feel just... so much
4: better thank you tom i just oh, i'm wrong I... with you all and, and to be I've honest... corrected it though i've started to correct my errors okay fine he, so... he's he's corrected I'm sorry. This is a Star Wars podcast. We're going to make this brief. I just have no desire to watch the Lord of the Rings. So please, Bethany Riley, don't don't yell at me. <laughs> They're coming after you. Yeah, because I'm I flying know... out right yeah. now to make sure. Yeah, um, I, I'm not. I, I just I have no desire to see them. So but, you know, sorry. Oh, dear. I want baseball. Tom, for all
3: you know, you watch it and then you might love it. You just don't know. You should just yeah. try. You should, you should
4: try uh, it. One of these days. I've got time. Okay. Yeah, I've
0: got time. So moving on before um, Bethany and Riley yeah. come out of the woodwork and, and murder Tom. Um, <laughs> I want to be murdered, please. No, no. There's uh, too much Star Wars any, Did you guys listen to the soundtrack at all? Any, any thoughts? I've not no? listened to it. I, okay. I, highly, I, highly recommend it. It's really good. It's really good.
1: Oh, and, and de- uh, uh, make sure you guys check out like the Mall soundtrack there. It's got that same... Um, very simple orchestral style. It's a lot darker though. Um, There's quite a few of them like that on the soundtrack and they're just, they sound so good. I hope we hear a lot of that kind of music, you know, in the eighth movie or even in Rogue One, honestly. Yeah.
0: Oh, so good. I actually really, I'm really curious to see what um, uh, uh, Michael Giacchino does with uh, the Rogue One soundtrack. I'm a big soundtrack fan personally, so um, I, I really enjoyed that. And then, uh, real quickly before we um, before we dive into this episode, there were a couple of revelations from the episode guide for Steps into Shadow that we want to touch on real quick. Um, the first is uh, so again, according to the episode guide, um, <laughs> originally when uh, when Hondo sees Turba's uh, spectacular demise at the beginning of, uh, of Steps into Shadow, he was originally supposed to remark breathlessly.
4: They can fly. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. I get it now. Oh. Flying through the air. It's a uh,
2: perfect Honda line. Uh,
0: I'm kind morbid. of glad they removed it as hilarious as it would have been.
2: Yeah,
1: well, I think especially, especially I think it would have been too much, you know, because they had that one scene with the front view yeah. of him running down the hall, and you just get that smile that just creeps across his face as he yeah. realizes, yeah. "Oh, he's going to be free." So, I think it would have been a little too much to also, you know, say for Hondo to remark that they can fly. Um, <laughs> and that was that was one of my favorite parts of that episode, honestly.
4: But they can put it in the director's cut if there is one. Uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, and uh, pigs can
3: fly because we did see the puffer pigs. Oh,
0: my gosh. Oh! Right. When, when oh! Pigs fly. Oh! Oh! Oh, 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 wow. They float. Wow, just... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bruce, I cannot believe I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's yeah, why I, I work puffer the When pigs fly, yeah. Well, apparently the pigs can fly.
4: Wow. Even peels are coming. Sorry. I'll
0: stop oh uh let's see two other things briefly chopper base was originally built on bendu's back he was much larger initially which is fascinating uh and and there was a one uh, one original idea where uh bendu would have moved around while the rubbers were gone and they came back and their base is missing um during season two but that ended up being scrapped and bendu was shrunk down a bit even though he's still a, a fairly large size um And then uh, the writer who pitched the destruction of the Phantom, they didn't call him out, but he was jokingly referred to as the Phantom Menace in the writer's room for a while. That's awful. Yeah, that's that's cruel. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, that that, that wraps up some of the the revelations from the episode guide. Unfortunately, it's not posted typically when we record our episode anymore. So I want to make sure I brought attention to those because people might enjoy those bits of trivia.
4: Very cool. With that, Tom you want to give us the rundown for this episode? Might as well, because we need to get into this. It is a great episode to be talking about. We are talking about Rebels, Season 3, Episode 3, The Holocrons of Fate. This was written by Henry Gilroy and directed by Stuart Lee. The synopsis. When Maul takes the crew of the Ghost hostage, Ezra and Kanan must pass a trial in order to recover the ancient Sith artifact to save them. Now, to get into this, at the beginning of the episode, did anybody else pick up the first few notes of the star Wars theme? Anybody else? Not until
3: I, not until I read your show notes and went back and rewatched it.
4: Yeah, it was okay. Now I need to rewatch
0: it. I've already seen this episode multiple times and I can't believe I didn't pick that up.
4: Listen closely. They don't finish it, but it it Hmm. started the star Wars theme, but it's not finished. uh, You you heard it. You heard it, Ted. I'm sorry, not Ted. Um, (laughs) It's been a long day at work guys and I I don't have my coffee with me right now. So um but yeah but you you who's heard it?
3: I heard well I heard well, cuz when you guys sent me the show notes right before we recorded I went played it real quick and I heard it. It's just like okay. three notes.
4: Yeah, it's just right there at the beginning. But It was a great way to start it. You know, but the story actually starts out with Kanan and Ezra they're on the Karelian frigate. Naturally it's the Tentative 5 and we have a phone call here.
3: Ooh, who is it?
4: Clearly someone who's very, very important. You know, believe it or not, it's unavailable, so it's probably one of those um, those guys who really shouldn't be be should, should be It could be Dave Filoni. You know that. what? That's the funny thing. He does. Kidding. He doesn't have my number. Are you kidding? Nobody has my number. I, I
3: gave it to him.
4: Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah, I told him to call. <laughs> oh, well. That explains a lot. <laughs> that does. Because he's probably like, shh, don't talk about the wait, next Wait, hour. wait, hang
2: on. Bruce, yeah.
3: well,
4: let me
2: guess. Did you write it on a bathroom wall somewhere?
3: I did.
4: Well, you must have I... saw it. <laughs> exactly uh, wow god this is just too funny but you know what he probably called because he's just like you know wasn't that great effects when you saw that tent of five you know going through hyperspace to try and get Kanan and Ezra to where they were supposed to be you know and did we ever find out why they were trying to hit this rendezvous point I mean I'm jumping a little bit ahead but you know they, they were meeting a ship why did why were they trying to I... hit that ship
2: I don't believe they ever did explain it. Okay, I'm trying to remember. It's it, the episode definitely kind of starts out with the well, we need to get to the real story, so let's come up with something for them to do for mm-hmm. a couple
4: minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, and then that whole time they're sitting there on the on the deck of the Tantive, they're like back and forth discussing the holocron and Ezra really believes that holocron was the key to destroying the Sith. You know, and then Kanan Go ahead. Sorry, no. I was gonna say I, I'm
2: actually really glad they didn't drop this storyline. I was a little concerned that they'd they'd go a little bit too quickly into the like, oh, well, Ezra realized the error of his ways, and therefore nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so I'm very glad that they spent some more time kind of dealing with all of that.
4: Well, they had to because with that last episode, by how he turned so dark with that ATST. They had to at least somehow bring that Sith holocron back, or at least the darkness back. They couldn't just drop it. So at some point, it was going to have to be addressed. True. This, this was a way to do it. And the other thing I find interesting is, it's fascinating because you even have Ezra sitting there saying, why did Yoda send us to Malachor?
1: Right.
0: You know, he's talking about how they, they asked for a way to destroy the Sith and mm-hmm. it failed. Uh, it, did you guys find it odd, though, that there was no mention of the loss of a uh, of Ahsoka? In this episode?
4: Uh, I thought it was a little bit out of place. You know, good point. That never, never crossed my mind.
0: I mean, it's okay. So to be fair, it's been six months, right? So realistically, are are, are they still going to be that concerned about Ahsoka? I guess not, because the episode picks up six months later. Mm-hmm. But, you know.
1: Well, hold on, though. There was technically an offhand mention of Ahsoka, because towards... Um, Actually, after they come out of the cave when they're with Bendu, he mentions, hey, it's not your fault. And um, didn't that have a lot to do with Mandalore?
4: Oh,
2: yeah, I think. Yeah, as you say it, I'm starting to. Um... I thought he was referring to Kanan's eyesight. As I'm You know,
4: what, that's what I it. thought, too. Oh, hmm.
2: I, th- I, I kind of took it to mean
1: like the whole situation, you know, uh, like the loss of everything yeah interesting because i don't i don't know i don't imagine i mean ezra feels bad i'm sure about the eyesight mm-hmm. but i think it i think it meant more just everything altogether. um and so in that way maybe i'm retconning here a lot but maybe <laughs> yeah. in that way they mentioned ahsoka
4: that's hmm. yeah, possible Yeah. I mean, put it this way, if it's possible, I mean, it was, it was probably one of the most, uh, probably one of the most blunt lines or one of the most underrated lines, you know, delivered on top of, you have the guy who's running the Tantive IV just kind of turn around to Kanan. And as we're going, uh, we're coming up to the rendezvous, comman- rendezvous point commander, but the transport's not responding. It's like, now, wait a minute. Okay, if you're trying to run into with somebody and there's no response, you think you put a little bit more emphasis in that voice there? I mean, maybe. Yeah,
0: the... I mean, the line the line felt a little bit flat to me. Yeah, um, the guy probably didn't have his coffee. The... Sorry, A little coffee. So, so just 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 to be like upfront, I, I'm pretty sure. I know Dave Filoni voices a character in this episode. I'm not sure if that's him or not, and so nothing against whoever voiced him. It's just. Uh... But. <laughs> but no, the, the line felt a slightly bit, slightly bit flat. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, minor minor complaint overall. Um, I think uh, wh- wh- where the, the episode really kicks up and uh, and becomes more interesting, um, it picks up when when they land on the the ship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bruce,
0: he- what did you think of their arrival on the ship with all the the carbon scoring and the yeah, injured I was glad, soldiers?
3: I'm glad they mentioned that they could smell carbon scoring. So we knew that there was carbon scoring and that there was an attack. So they, they made it pl- plain and clear to us that that was going on. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they have to tell you everything except why they really went there.
4: OK, but probably the best reason to explain that is because since Kanan lost his eyesight, that's his other sense kicking in. I exactly. Think it, yeah. So it, it's, it's it's a subtle way of showing that. He is now gaining more of his senses because one sense is gone like like they they say when you've lost one sense the other ones start to heighten and in his case that makes sense.
3: He can
0: really right. smell
3: yes. really yes. well. Yeah.
0: Yes.
4: Yeah. I, I mean they're they're
0: definitely hammering it at home and I know maybe not all the tweelix of the night will agree with this but um... That's, uh, <laughs> God, sorry. I, I, so quick, quick step back. Yes, you have
3: to explain. <laughs> Please to explain, explain it because I, I worked that it out in so well laugh at the same time. Uh, the, uh,
0: at, at dragon con, we, I don't know how, I don't remember how it started now. Felix of the night became a running joke at dragon con. And so we named our group chat that, uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so we were having a discussion in the group chat about the carbon scoring comment uh earlier today i think it was and there was a big disagreement about whether it was too much exposition or not so uh, i just had to i had to sneak that in there now anyway that that explains it now that we've explained what the twi'lek what twi'lek now we know
3: twi'lek of the night exchanging glances oh god
4: sorry i was gonna say and knowing (laughs) is half the battle and then be followed by that wow
0: Uh, we don't but three anyway. Three. Yeah, we, we gotta three. get back you on were, the rails you here, You were guys. telling us about your thoughts on carbon scoring and the attack.
3: I, I don't know. I mean, I thought I thought it was a you know pretty good scene. Um, I thought it did well to establish that. Uh, you know, like we were saying, Kanan senses. You know, I mean, if if you know, not everybody watches every episode. So when you see this, you know, they're they're making it clear why Kanan has this mask over him that he's blind. Not mm. every viewer coming into this knows that. So I think this is a good exposition for that.
2: Well, I I think it also does a good job of kind of setting up what's going to happen in the, later in the episode where Kanan realizes that he does have these other senses to, that he can rely on. I think this is showing that he's using them, but that doesn't mean he realizes how helpful it
4: actually is. And he, I'm pretty sure he'll start growing into that as the episodes keep going. So... He, he will figure that
1: out. And and you do see a little bit of growth, like um, when he's teaching Ezra how to deal, in, you know, with the cave spiders. Um, he's telling Ezra, you know, don't show any fear. These kind of things, and kind of channeling Bendu a little bit. Um, so you do kind of see a little bit of that uh, growth, and I do think it's going to happen a lot more as the episodes go forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. totally agree. Yep. Um,
0: okay. So, so sorry, Tom, you had yeah. something?
4: Well, I, I was going to say, so, you know, we've established that Kanan's been able to uh, now have his heightened senses. But when they come across that one fallen soldier, I find it interesting. The first thing that comes to their mind is Red Blade, that there's a Red Blade after them. So, at this well, point... You see, so... Yeah, it's like at this point to they they think the, it's an inquisitor. They jump to the,
0: yeah. 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 Well they do jump to the inquisitors. I mean we we've seen Maul, right? But right. I think they're hoping that Maul was killed or defeated on Malachor, or at least had not escaped. And the the Inquisitors are more common, I guess when you you know when when there's a red blade after them, typically mm-hmm. it, it ends up being an Inquisitor and and not the Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, or the former Sith Lord. So I can see why they would jump to that conclusion.
3: Yeah, but they didn't say it was a red helicopter blade. That would definitely mean it's an Inquisitor.
4: Oh, it's true. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. No, that's that's chopper. That's true. That that's very true. Sorry, that was, that yeah. was
0: dumb. Uh,
2: okay.
0: Um, so so the rebels they they quickly, you know, jump on. Well, they on get a,
2: a they get a message from Hera.
0: Yeah, well the, the,
4: I thought they called Hera, didn't they? Yeah, they call Hera because oh, that's they're right. they, to they call they Hera. Ju- to... They jump
0: on the on the phone yeah. with Hera and all is not as they seem, as as they as they think.
2: Yeah, what else is new?
3: Well, I knew so, something uh, was up because her hands were behind her back. So I knew that something wasn't good that she was cuffed back there.
2: Yeah,
0: but all of a sudden Darth Maul steps into the picture. He likes to do that. He likes to hide off camera. You know, this is my apprentice, Darth Maul.
2: The he ominous was, entrance.
0: Yeah. You love to just be like just off camera on these, you know, holo conference calls, and then he like slips right in there. Um, but uh but no, it was it was a great scene, and I actually mm-hmm. liked how they show you don't see him all slip into the frame, right? Mm-hmm. You see a shot of Kanan and Ezra's faces. Yeah. And you get Ezra's reaction, and Kanan is like he has no idea what's going on because he can't see anymore. So he's just sitting there and then you hear Maul's voice off camera. Mm. And then the recognition in Canaan, in I was going to say recognition, recognition in his eyes, but you actually can't see his eyes. Um, you, The recognition dawns in Canaan in, in and he knows who it is. And then, you know, then we cut to Maul and it was like really well shot. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit.
4: And mm. One thing I'm enjoying is Maul still considers Ezra, his apprentice. And when he says it, he just I... says it. He, he's got a way of saying it that is just so cool. I thought that was interesting because yeah. I,
2: I feel like he should know better. Like, well, and what, that is
0: his apprentice, right? He says, our apprentice yeah. to Canaan.
4: Yeah, so it's, it's almost like he's, Maul is definitely using Ezra to be like the, the Padawan in turmoil is probably the best way to explain it because I think it's even called later from Bendu. It's just like I feel a lot of turmoil. It's like now it seems like it, it's kind of resolved itself. But with Maul there, it's like Ezra, it seems like he he wants to destroy the Sith. He wants to stay good. But there's that turmoil in him that Darth Maul just keeps pulling at and knows it's there. Mm-hmm. And the apprentice thing is just how he's trying to manipulate Ezra. It's going to be interesting going forward how it all plays out.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's all really interesting to see that, you know, Maul's really not a Sith in the strict sense anymore. Yes. And like William pointed out when he says uh, Ezra is our apprentice, I mean, that kind of flies in the face of that Sith ideology, you know, where there's one master, mm-hmm. there's one mm-hmm. apprentice, and that's not going on anymore to Maul. And he's totally fine with that. You know, just the way he says it, you can hear it in his voice. Oh, it's uh, our apprentice. So,
2: I. I did really love Maul's line where Ezra's like, You betrayed me, you us and he's like, No, I betrayed your friends, but you were gonna be fine, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so perfectly Maul. It,
0: it it is, and I you know, I can see Ezra, of course, would not be okay with Maul betraying his friends and not him, but I can see how like in, in Maul's mind's like, Yeah, you know, I didn't you know, yeah, I didn't hurt you, I game. just hurt your friends. Who cares? Yeah, right? pish posh. Yeah. They're just oh, your well. friends. Yeah, uh, we'll find two your new friends. Totally right. It's great, but but he he reveals that you know he knows that Kanan and Ezra have a Jedi holocron and he knows they have a Sith holocron, and he wants them both, or um, their friends won't live very long, and uh, and so that kind of sets the episode in motion. Bruce, uh, do do you like uh? Yeah, you know, they, they kind of skipped the whole capture of the crew of the ghost. What'd you what'd you think about that?
3: Well, now that you mention it, it would be interesting to see how he captured them. We didn't get to see that. All we just yeah. knew that they're captured.
0: Do you think that was like important or is it okay that they, they glossed over it?
3: I think it's okay because I didn't really miss it. I just I mean, yep. come on, it's it's small. He can he's a powerful guy. I'm sure he came up with some scheming way to get on that ship and just capture them all.
4: Yeah, I think on top of that you're also looking at time. I mean, it's it's one of those things in which you knew it was going to happen. It it totally set the episode in motion. Do you really need to see him capture the ship? So yeah. the main thing was it, he got them. They're hostages. Give me the Holocron or they're dead. Done.
2: It's one of those things. It would be interesting to see maybe as like a comic. I know uh, back in Clone Wars, remember they used to do those little mini comics uh, kind of giving backstory in some mm-hmm. of the episodes. This is one of those places where that would be really neat. Uh, but I felt like the episode stood well enough without it. Yeah. You know, we accept that it happened pretty fast and then immediately move on to dealing with the aftermath.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> this is... Uh, it, it's interesting, though, because, like, you know, I think this is the first time the crew of the Ghost has met Maul, because none of them yeah. except for Chopper were in um, That's true. Twilight of the Apprentice. So, like, they they sure they... they...
2: Heard of them. Yeah, I'm sure they heard stories after... Uh last season's finale oh yeah
0: yeah but never no oh, many stories but but never met him um yeah. also i like how maul brings up how he used to rule sabine's people the mandalorians
4: yeah I, uh, yes. yeah there's some really yeah. good lines in this because you also you also have to love it where darth maul is sitting there saying i'd like a tour of your ship and it's like what you're looking to move in you know, and then so and, Hera, and then Hera's best is yeah. the airlock is down there. If you want to see yourself out, I mean, you want to talk about some best one-liners. I thought, you know, um, uh, Jim Cumming got uh, Hondo had great one-liners. This was great. Oh yeah,
0: I wonder if Hera's given Maul some ideas for later too. But uh, but no, I, I, I do you uh, think do you funny, think Sabine I, I, recognized I, Maul from like the history books at all, or because I mean, it, it was what. At this point, uh, point. 16 years ago, 17 years ago, that he ruled the Mandalorians because it was right at the end of the Clone Wars. So, I mean, it'd be yeah, Sabine would be pretty young, maybe even mm-hmm. one or two years old. But do you think she recognized him because she definitely confirmed that he did indeed rule
3: her people? Well, the fact that she confirmed that, I think I took it that she did recognize him, that she remembered him. That she yeah. had knew who she who he was because if she didn't know who he was and he made that comment that they once ruled uh, her people, she mm. might go, "Wait a second, is he who I think he is?" You know, but yeah. I think she knew it.
0: I, th- I think yeah, that's right. how I read it as yeah, well. It's kind of how I read it too. It's pretty cool, though. I think I don't
2: know.
4: Uh, it's
2: definitely cool. a nice touch.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, there's oh, we've always kind of wondered who Sabine's parents are. This is one of the things that makes me wonder if you know it might be. Someone we're familiar with. It's true. Or maybe it's true. someone have who's there.
0: Seen, we haven't really gotten much of Sabine's backstory. We got a little bit of it last season, but not as much as as we'd like.
4: It'll be interesting uh, going forward.
0: Yeah, I, I did enjoy the the tour of the ghost too. Mm-hmm. You know, because all mall demands the tour, Zeb was like oddly against the tour for some reason. I mean, I get not wanting to show him around and have this. Evil uh, guy in in your your house you know for you know very long, but I also don't see how it's like
4: terrible either. I guess I don't know. Yeah, but he could uh, he could have treated it like it was an invasion of privacy. You know, yeah, it's like it, yeah. it's an invasion of our space. And yeah,
0: but I guess it's like if if I don't know if someone breaks into your home. Like, they're already in
1: your home. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, Who cares if they see, like, the bedroom at that point? <laughs>
4: well, no, yeah, you got but,
1: like, you're not going to personally take them around and go, well,
4: here's yeah. the room. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And then on top, on top remodel. of this, And It it's a ship. I mean, he could have been walking around to try and get an idea to where, oh, if I get rid of these guys, maybe I can keep the ship. Even though he did have a coal ship. Yeah. But, you know, maybe I can add another one to my fleet. Or this is a better ship than what I have.
0: Yeah, I, I did, though, like how Maul uh, made fun of the curious smell yes. in Zeb's room or, you know, called Sabine's room colorful or, you know, Kanan's dull and dour. He's like, you know, commenting on kind of the obvious and one of their, their kind of their shtick for each each of them. But um, it was kind of fun.
1: It was good. What I found um,
4: fascinating was the thing where he came to the realization that they lived there. Yeah. Yeah so
0: that was so um and I think so did you guys you guys read um uh A New Dawn A New Dawn, right? Yep. Yes. So how what did you guys think of that, the reference to Kanan's real name that came from new dawn we've never seen in uh in the show before.
3: See, I'm glad you brought that up because that's why I was wondering, because when I heard that him Maul say his name I thought of A New Dawn and I thought, wait, is this the first time we've heard the name on the show? I couldn't remember and that's, so that's true, this is the first we've heard it? I think so It seems such like, almost like a throwaway though, like It kind of
0: was, and and, and I think it it works better in printed form than in spoken form, because when Maul says it, you know, and I think uh, Ted, when we were watching this episode for the first time uh, you kind of gave me a look when he said, Caleb, Doom. <laughs> it sounds okay. like the word Doom, Yeah, <laughs> you know, D-U-M-E. But I totally thought he said
1: Doom, and
4: I was like, why did he change his name? <laughs> but could he have done it for yes, Shock Factor? <laughs> could he have done it for Shock Shock Factor against Hera?
2: I mean, it, a lot of what he was doing was kind of trying to play those mind games against right. Hera. The rev- Like, uh, the scene where... He uh, discovers the holocron was exceptionally well done, I thought.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, kind of a Force Awakens tie in there.
2: Yeah, I was trying to think. Have we seen the kind of Kylo Ren mind reading anywhere other than now Rebels and The Force Awakens?
1: Yeah, I don't think we have. Because I mentioned that to William yeah. during the episode where I was, uh, where I said, "Yeah, I never." remember seeing it anywhere and it's nice that they're adding it to uh rebels though uh because it, it seem it. less
0: foreign in right. the force awakens yeah mm. yeah it was kind of cool I mean, he did it very very much in the, the kylo ren style where he put his hand right next to, to maybe it, to
2: because him. kylo ren is snoke not kylo ren excuse
4: <laughs> me i was like wait a minute oh, was, wait 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 i
3: started i haven't heard that one yet <laughs> kylo ren is snoke.
2: I, wow So i was like i started talking I'm like shit i don't remember <laughs> what's his name i can't remember his name and so i was just like oh right snoke wait did i say kylo ren <laughs> so yeah um
4: so what we'll if darth again. maul
2: yeah no that's i'm i'm done maul is snoke Small Snoke. There we go. That's my new theory. Mal. You heard it here first.
0: I mean, you—you you never heard Mal's last name. It's Small Snoke. Oh God.
2: <laughs> uh, that'd be also, almost as bad as she, But uh, yeah, that's okay. true.
0: <laughs> Vote for worst name in the galaxy. Um, poor guy. Uh, so, so moving on. Uh, Kanan and Ezra realize their their only course of action at this point. Is to do what Maul says. Uh, so just in case, they go back to Atalan and go meet with Bendu. So Bendu's back. Were you, were you guys surprised how quickly they brought Bendu back into the show? I yes. was surprised. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, this episode to me felt like it should have been maybe six, eight episodes out. I didn't expect something this soon.
0: Totally. I, for the second episode or third episode of the season, right? Because uh, the one was a two-parter.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: things happened very quickly and like big stuff too, that are going to set up the course of the whole season.
2: Well, also the thing is, yeah,
4: Steven, oh, go, go ahead. ahead.
2: No, go I ahead. I was going to say, so traditionally, even in the clone wars, Maul was always kind of reserved as like, Oh, we need a big two parter for the mid season finale. Let's do Maul. The fact yeah. that they're getting him out of the way now. I mean, not, I shouldn't say getting him out of the way. Cause I expect mm-hmm. we'll see him again. But the fact that we're already seeing him in the third episode tells me that
4: they've got a whole lot planned for this season. Yeah. It... Because I I know that after we watch this episode, William and I and Ted got got on and talked about this. I have a feeling everything's going to start accelerating because, and I'm going to jump and say this right now, I think this is now the end game. That's what I'm seeing. All of what's happening now, it's getting to the end game. And everything I think we're going to start seeing accelerating faster and faster and faster to get to the end. And I think it's going to keep us on the edge of our seats. And then that last episode is going to be like, wow, there is a plan. And I think this is all part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see where they go
1: mm-hmm.
0: with this season.
1: Yeah, well, and then just on the pacing, too. Um, actually, during season two, the first part, I found it a little slower. Um, not as exciting to me personally, but then part two moved so fast. And it was um, just tons of content. Uh, and forward momentum in the story, and it seems to be the same case with uh, season three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that it is going to slow down a you know a ton. I think this might just be the new pacing.
2: Yeah, I mean yeah. I I think the good thing I, the filler episodes, especially like in season one of Rebels, were often the kind of hardest ones to swallow because you're like, uh, tell me more about you know Vader. Tell me more about Maul. And so having it. Them already kind of working on this is just fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure.
2: Right. Well, and it's
1: the same thing. It's the same thing the Clone Wars went through, right? I mean, you guys remember seasons like one and two, like they were okay, um but boy, by the time the last couple of seasons got um got around. i was just i was really really sad when it ended you know it was some of the best star
4: wars i've ever seen they hit on all cylinders and i think on this one they're hitting the cylinders a lot quicker than they did on clone wars definitely Mm -hmm. definitely
0: speaking of clone wars gonna sidetrack us really quick Mm -hmm. you know what today is as we record this uh on october 3rd no it is the eight year anniversary Of the premiere of the very first episode of The Clone Wars Ambush. Not the movie, but the very first episode that ever aired on TV. Really? Aired eight years ago today. Can you believe that? Wow. That's pretty cool. That means we're coming up on our eight-year anniversary of uh, Ion Cannon and We Talk Clones, too. Oh,
2: wow. That's crazy. That's (laughs) that's
4: insane.
1: It feels like, it actually feels like three, maybe four (laughs) years ago.
4: Yeah, Yeah, no, it really does.
0: Not eight years of uh, of podcasting, um and, and but anyway, now now know. now we're all starting to feel old. Uh, oh, wait a minute!
4: Wait, 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 wait! You're feeling old. Well, you're <laughs> feeling older, but we're feeling old. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're making me. You're welcome, There's one more foot in the grave here when it's saying older, and we're feeling old. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, but we have to get back to the I'm show. Just because I'm just kidding. I know you are. Kidding. I know you are. That's cool. Um, but back to the show about but... Kanan and Ezra traveling to meet somebody, which we said was Bindu. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're, we're we're back to that. So they go. So this is the first time Ezra meets Bindu. I wonder what actually would have been Ezra's, Ezra's um, take on Bindu other than just really getting into the story. I mean, here's this big creature i mean kanan actually knew he was a force user ezra was kind of like what was your take on that because kanan already knew he was a force user but but ezra i was it once where you felt like ezra was just like okay he's a force user let's just continue
2: i felt like ezra was mainly just confused yeah that's what i well, thought yeah, too just by the way i
0: presented this first. right and he didn't even believe that uh he didn't even believe that um bendu existed at at first like canon you're crazy why are you talking to like no one i know you're like i know you can't see anymore but like come on come on canon uh but i mean canon was right and bendu rises uh off the ground and like it was like a really cool shot with uh kind of like the the sunset or was it sunrise and you know, you see Bendu from behind. He kind of rises and turns slowly. It just really shows the true scale of. of, of
3: it's this. like the great pumpkin rising from the pumpkin patch.
4: There you go. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I did find something very interesting. They did not hear him grab that spike and snap it.
0: Yeah, the the thumper. Yeah, the know, thumper. Not
4: at all. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Fun fact: the name Thumper is a reference to the Dune novels. Really? Interesting. Because they have a similar type of device in, in Dune. Um, thanks, episode guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, that was you know, that was interesting. And then of course, immediately the Krickna start to appear, the spiders. And, you know, last time Ezra went up against the Krickna, he, he tried to be uh, relaxed. Uh, he didn't really succeed that very well. Mm-mm. And, you know, they attacked him. And so he's he does not want to listen to Kanan at all. And it's actually, you know, Kanan's just encouraging him to quiet down, and he's, like, pulling his lightsaber out and making things worse. Thankfully, Bendu arrives just in time. Because, um, I mean, Ezra needs to listen to his master more.
2: <laughs> yeah, what else is new? Yeah. Well, but- and I, well, I suppose I should say, that's kind of what the next kind of piece of the episode was about, is uh, sending Ezra into the cave without his lightsaber. And I really liked Kanan's line about, you know, because to Bendu, like, why, Bendu asked why he sent him in and K- Kanan's like, no, I, like, he needs to learn there are other ways to solve problems besides mm-hmm. this. I thought it was a perfect uh, lesson for Ezra to have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they, they end up doing it by, you know, uh, Bendu sends Ezra into a nearby cave, very Yoda-like uh, in, in many ways. Uh, but instead of visions, there's the, the Krikna. And I love how Kanan just takes his lightsabers like, nope, you're not going to take your lightsaber with you into this cave. Uh, whereas he, you know, Yoda kind of lets Luke make that choice and he brings his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanan just rips it right off from Ezra with the force as he's walking away. And then
1: uses, a, you know, the comlink link to, to kind of guide him. Mm-hmm. But, but to be fair, if Ezra did bring a lightsaber, unlike Luke, he could like actually die. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he could.
4: Yeah. But this was a cool thing in the episode because this this seemed like Kanan was trying to get Ezra to work with him and trust him because basically Kanan was Ezra's eyes and guiding him down there, even though Kanan could not see. And he was telling yeah. him, go left, go right. And it was also a trust issue because I think there was even at one point when Ezra was walking through the cave, Ezra was kind of like, do I really need to go this way in so many words? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, trust him. And then it got to a certain point where naturally the master had to go back in and save his apprentice
0: right mm-hmm. but but he does so where you know he 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 walks up next to ezra and just kind of helps guide him he doesn't yes. save him necessarily he just guides him down the right path which mm-hmm. is you know kind of what what he's there for and i i did enjoy the line from bendu as as kanan's walking to the cave where he says perhaps master and apprentice will rediscover their balance yeah or perhaps they will be eaten such as the way of the force
2: yeah <laughs> and, it did and... seem fitting somehow
4: but you see, that, that's going to be yeah. an interesting thing with Bindu since he's the one in the middle. Again, it's like if Maul were to go to him and he's the guy in the middle, would he help Maul the same way he's helping Canaan and Ezra? Because he's helping Canaan and Ezra kind of start working together. What would he do if Maul approached him?
3: I think he would do the same thing. I think he would help them. Because when they show up to the planet and they meet Bendu, mm-hmm. they're asking for the Sith holocron back. And he's very much like, oh, okay. You just have to go in the cage. He didn't say, no, this is right. dangerous. You need to stay. I think he looks at these holocrons as like, eh, it's nothing. I'm in the middle. They're on one side, they're on the other. I don't think much of them. I'll give him to anybody who wants them. And but so he, I think if Maul showed up, he would have given it to him.
4: Yeah, but he, it, uh, Bindu even mentioned that in the last episode. All it is, it, it basically to him, it's just a token. It doesn't mean anything because a holocron can't make you go to the dark side or the light side. It's the person right. inside. But the question is, if Maul were to go for help, would Bindu do it by way of helping? Okay. Probably this way. Would Bindu help him in a Sith sort of way? Or would he try and help him in a Jedi sort of way that's the kind of did he do
2: it
0: in a Jedi sort of way in this episode I don't think so I think he just told them like you have to resolve your conflict go into the cave Mm -hmm. come back with the holocron and once you've you know sorted out your differences
1: and he does it kind of in a uh, he almost looks at Ezra and Kanan kind of in an amused sense Mm -hmm. and I think if Darth Maul came up it's the same thing kind of like oh you cute kind of got it (laughs) sort of sith people <laughs> whatever he is now yeah um but yeah it's just it's almost like he's so beyond that kind of jedi or sith extremes that he just looks on it with amusement and doesn't like necessarily really care yeah do, do you think Canon and ezra resolved their disagreement
0: too quickly in this episode though
4: I think it's too quickly, but that doesn't necessarily mean there will be conflict going forward because there, there will always be conflict between the two of them, especially if Maul's right, involved exactly. and Maul still calls him an apprentice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's true. That is true. Um, one of the more unexpected pieces of this episode, I think, is the the mystical side of things, right? I mean, we we have been doing... Kind of expect a little bit of that when he's talking about the force. We got something that, to be honest, like completely surprised me. I yeah. I've never heard about anything in this in the expanded news before. This in the EU, uh, the old you know legends now. This is a I think a, a new concept, and uh, that is the the fact that when you bring a Jedi and a Sith hologram together, it actually unlocks all sorts of secrets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ezra, Ezra says he thinks they're just libraries of information or keepers of shadow lore as Bendu uh, as refers to it. But um, we find out that, you know, yes, they're that, but there's so much more. You know, if you, you, if you bring these two together, they will grant, as he says, a clarity of vision beyond your kind. When joined, any secret, wisdom or destiny can be seen through the Force. And he's apparently seen this before.
4: And the fascinating it, thing is, and he still warns them: basically, what you see, you will not be able to unsee. So once you know mm-hmm. a truth, you can never forget it. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, just just you'll never forget it.
0: It was very interesting, very unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more, almost magical than the show. We'll often get. I mean, we got some of that with the Night Sisters, but it's, it's not. I'm curious like, I, how 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 does this even work, right? How how, how does the bringing of the two holocrons grant you this I, power? I actually didn't find or it that or?
2: odd at all because the holocrons are kind of these objects of great, uh, like there's a lot of force. I'm gonna call it energy, for lack of a better word, kind of inside of them, and that they're able to like contain the teachings of the Jedi and the Sith and like a persona. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't find it that odd at all. Really? Like these are powerful, like force objects.
4: And also on top of that, if they are concentrating so hard in the force, I actually can see them since they are that wealth of knowledge, actually opening up a, a force wormhole or whatever you want to call it to where you could actually see because you are using the force or using these two polar opposites. And in the center, it's bringing something out. So I I could see it.
1: Yeah. But I don't think they're probably never really going to explain, you know, how any of it works, really. Because I noticed even like in TFA
4: with
1: Luke's lightsaber, you know, in that chest and everything, it seems like Star Wars is really going back to that mysterious force where you don't really know why it works the way it does or how it does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and I do think you see a little bit of that in this episode too.
4: And, and then I know I've brought this up way, way, way many years ago. Do we have to have everything explained? You need to have something to where the unexplained and just accept it for what it is. Because if you start explaining everything, then it makes that thing that is so cool – not cool anymore, because now you know a full backstory. <clears throat> <laughs> What's that? Anyway. Sorry. Um, I, I, <laughs> I still don't believe that. I still think it would have been a better uh, Anyway, I'm not going to go there. But I, I just, it's the same thing with, like, uh, Boba Fett. I don't want to know, at a certain point, I didn't want to know Boba Fett's backstory. You know, he was just this cool bounty hunter. You know, but then you got him in the Clone Wars, and it was great to see that you know explained, and you see him grow just that little bit. Hopefully, they won't figure out or tell us what happened between the Clone Wars and he finally gets to Episode Four. Okay, let that just be a mystery. You know, he's a bounty hunter; he's doing all this other stuff, great, fine, and dandy. You know, there has to be some things that need to stay a mystery. The Force should stay as best as possible, this myth, myth, mythical, mystical thing, and try not to explain it because you don't want to go midi again. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: <clears throat> definitely, definitely, and and we we see once again that you know as we know Sith holocrons can only be opened by someone with the dark side, and Ezra starts to open it up at the end of the the last episode. Oh, sorry, uh, the Twilight of the Apprentice, the season two finale. And Maul can't open the Jedi holocron. You know? That he, was great. He found yeah. it in Kanan's room. and He's sitting there like struggling, trying to open it and like screaming in anger, trying to force it. Um,
1: right,
0: but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even, even Bendu says that, you know, Kanan or Ezra, one of them is going to have to help Maul open up this holocron uh, in order to, to combine the two, which is very interesting that like, I don't know, why wouldn't they just refuse to open it? Uh, that's a question I, well, I I had a bit keep later. Keep in unless mind tempted uh, to
2: see. who's got, like, Maul's got their friends. There's, I don't think yeah. they really have a choice, unfortunately.
4: And, and to an extent, it makes sense that it was Ezra that was going to help. I don't think Kanan would have helped, but since Ezra technically is the still Remy. apprentice, you know, to both of them, it would make sense that he would be the one that would open it.
3: Right, because Ezra can open both. Maul can't open the Jedi one, but Ezra can open both. Yeah. And so he's right there in the middle, just like the Bendu.
4: Well, Maul can't open both, right? No, he was saying Ezra can open both. Maul can't.
0: Oh, sorry, Ezra. Yes, yes, sorry. I'm totally misheard. You're right. Ezra actually is kind of more in the middle. Actually, that would be an interesting path. You know, he started to go a little dark he started to be a little dark. He's come back to the light in this one. I wonder if he's there. He's going to end up in a uh, much more of a, a, a middle ground
4: where you take, he's, you took the thought right out of my, you literally, I was thinking the exact same thing,
0: right? Cause we don't want him to repeat the same, the same thing that
4: Anakin does. That right. That's not
0: interesting. We've right. already seen someone follow the dark side. We've seen the good Jedi. I wonder if he's going to just to take this very much middle route.
1: And I find that it's, you know, it is kind of satisfying because originally I thought Ezra was, like, going to go to the dark side. And, you know, we've kind of seen that before already with, like, an Anakin character. But uh, going down the middle is kind of interesting because, I mean, I've always felt personally if I were in that universe and a forest user, I probably would kind of go more in the middle. You know, I think a lot of people have thought that. (laughs) So, um it's interesting that we're finally... I mean, this is a course, if it happens and he goes down the middle. It could go anyway, but I do think that would be interesting to see that because I don't think we've seen anybody like in a main character uh, role have that kind of path, have we? I don't think so. No, no. Qui-Gon
2: and, was probably the closest, I think. Yeah, but he was, still definitely, he
0: was still very much a Jedi, though, even though he would True. go rogue at times. Um, could you say Windu? Master Windu could have been in yeah. the middle, or definitely in terms of his
1: lightsaber form. Quinlan Vos?
4: Uh Voss would yeah, have
1: been. Yeah, but does in isn't comics. he technically like legends now? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, plus Vos, no, 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 no. Vos no. actually went dark for the longest time.
4: Yeah, but oh, yeah. if you if you take into account the book that they had, uh, Dark Apprentice. Dark
0: yeah it's true
4: and that that is not legend that is part of the the saga so yeah, that's correct yeah so if you take that into account is it possible he is the closest to be a middle ground jedi that we have at this point
0: yeah oh. yeah I, I, we, i'm sure we've seen we, we've we seen these types of characters before no, mm-hmm. yeah, no questions asked but um yeah very very interesting yeah, I don't know if that's there, even
3: possible because I think once you start to mess with the dark side, it's all consuming. It starts to mm-hmm. suck you in. It You don't even know you're being pulled into the dark side as far as you're being pulled in until later. It kind of
4: sneaks up on it,
3: you. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. So to yeah. say, oh, you can take a, a middle ground between the dark and the light. I think it would take special skill to do that. There'd have to be something more that you know, or something that hasn't been revealed, in order to have that balance. Then how Almost does like You fit? knew
0: the secrets of the universe.
3: Hmm. Maybe in two holocrons. Hmm.
1: hmm
4: okay, very but but then but then how does Bendu fit? If Bendu if Bendu flat out said to Canon, I'm the one. That, I'm the one in the middle. The Bindu, well, I mean,
0: he said he's seen it before, right? Mm. He said he's seen two holocrons put together before, right? Uh, so the answer so
3: must be there.
0: Maybe that's how you become in the middle.
3: Could be because as that, long that as you don't get answers.
0: consumed by it, as long as you don't destroy the galaxy
1: with what you find. Well,
3: okay, uh,
0: maybe that's how you.
1: Well, well, and then well, hold on. Go ahead. If we look at dude too, he doesn't really seem. Actually, a lot of these in the middle characters. That don't uh, seem to like it go to the extreme, you know, dark or light, they don't seem like they have any agenda. Mm -hmm. Like they're just living on this planet. They don't really care what happens, Mm -hmm. you know? Whereas the people that go to the extreme dark or to, you know, or stay on the light side, they have Uh... agendas and then they use the force and that kind of pushes them, I think, towards a direction uh, either way.
4: Which yeah. I think in this case, you could see that after the Holocron split, out of the two characters that was the most extreme in the case was Darth Maul, who really went off and went down the dark side, where you had... Ezra was kind of like, you know, what does this all mean? He, right, you right. Know, it's not that... It, it's he, he said what he wanted. He said he found the key, basically, to destroying the Sith, but what does this all mean? It's not like he was Maul finding out what he wanted and taking off immediately. He's trying to figure out what does this all mean?
0: Yeah. I, 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 well, I mean, we, well, Let's just jump straight I into know. that and we can yeah, come yeah, back. We, we jumped some all over other the place. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I did love how, you know, okay, so, so Maul and Ezra eventually sit down and exchange holocrons and, mm-hmm. you know, Ezra, he, Maul asked Ezra what he wants. And as you said, Tom, Ezra wants to destroy the Sith. Right. That's his ultimate goal. Yep. Uh and Maul on the other hand wants hope. What do you think that means for a character like Maul?
2: Hope. I feel like it I feel like Maul is looking for uh, a return to power. The hope that he might be important again at some point. Cuz right now he's gone from, you know, being the Sith guess- apprentice to someone who's very very powerful to a nobody. So hope for his
4: future, that's okay. that's kind of how I read it. Okay, but okay, then, then then flip it this way. How about the hope? Oh God, I had it in the tip of my tongue, and I can the the hope to bring himself some peace. There is something that is driving him to put closure. Because to me, I read this as when he saw Darth Maul saw what he wanted to see, and he went off. It's almost like he wanted revenge. But closure at the same time. So he That's was. That's true. Yeah. So he was hoping that would get him some peace by going after that.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, Stephen.
2: So I had something interesting. I that occurred to me when we were talking about uh, Ezra's vision and kind of this hope for the future. Obviously, he's looking for a way to destroy the Sith, and I think it's pretty obvious that he's you know seeing Luke Skywalker. Uh, you know, the twin sons and things like this.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but I thought it was interesting because if if we assume that this is accurate, what does that mean for Snoke? If Luke Skywalker is really the end of the Sith, doesn't that kind of imply that Palpatine and Vader were the last Sith?
0: They're not the Sith, right? I think that they, they haven't they said that? Ted, you're gonna well, we know, well
2: they're not... we know Kylo is not Sith.
1: Well, but we also, don't really... but it didn't, I don't, If I'm correct, Luke didn't bring it in to the Sith. He brought balance to the fours, right?
4: And and if I – and it's funny because I think we had this discussion as well. Mm -hmm. To me, the person who still destroyed the Sith was Darth Vader because he's the one that picked up the Emperor and threw him off the edge. And that now to me – Because he destroyed the Sith. That now to me explains why we got to see Hayden Christian at the end of episode six. Because it was at that point he was able to go back to being the the Jedi that he was before he fell to the dark side. And it was that Anakin Skywalker that put Darth Maul, uh, Darth Sidious over the edge to destroy the Sith. Interesting, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I the the way I read, interpreted The Force Awakens is that, you know, the, the Sith as we know them are gone, right? It's it's the First Order, uh, and the Knights of Ren, right? Uh, and Snoke is this guy who we don't really know who he is or what he's doing, what his agenda is, and I still I still like the theory uh, that Snoke is actually just you know, he's pulling a Wizard of Oz and he's the guy behind the curtain with no force abilities at whatsoever uh, and just fooling Kylo Ren. Um, I think that could be that could be interesting. What,
1: well, then, but, but hold on, because he says at the end, I mean, not to discuss TFA too much, but mm-hmm. doesn't he um, say at the end, you know, bring back Kylo Ren. It's time to did he say complete it's time his training, for training. Yeah, complete, training. To complete his training yeah, no. or me? It is time. To complete his training. So, think, who would right? be doing that if he's not a force user? I, I, I just think he's, he's manipulating Kylo Ren. Okay, I mean, in
2: Rebels news.
4: Anyway, okay, but wait, <laughs> uh, wait, 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 wait.
0: But back into Rebels. Sorry, Tom, you had well, something you wanted well,
4: to finish up on. One, one last thing. One less thing, and, and we do have to move on. Okay, but you had, Darth, uh, you had Dooku, who was a force user, training Grievous, who was not a force user. So. How about you flip that in this one to where you have a non-Force user, which I agree with, with with William, could this be the person behind the curtain who is basically pulling the strings on a Force user who is not mature enough to see he's being played? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So back to Rebels.
0: Anyway, so uh, the they, they put the Holocaust together. The room is bathed in light, and... You know, Maul is having trouble seeing things. He's seeing nothing, only Oblivion, which I, I wonder if it's kind of telling in it and of itself. I Maul sees Oblivion, it, yeah. which means he has no future. Uh-huh. Oh, definitely. Um, and, you know, that's when Kanan arrives and he, he walks into the room and even though he's completely blind, he can see through the light of the force. And he's able to make his way to Ezra and kind of, you know, remind him of Bendu's warning. Um, but the thing I thought was so beautiful, so poetic is that, you know, Ezra wants to destroy the Sith. Maul wants hope. And what does Ezra see? Twin sons. Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Luke, a new hope. Maul's hope is Luke. And he Maul says he lives, he lives, and kind of almost maniacally laughing. I think he sees Obi-Wan. Yes. I think we're going to get the Visions comic series that was Infinity's, uh, the the non-canon part of Legends. I think we're finally going to see that with Maul and his robotic legs fighting old Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine.
4: Okay, but he wouldn't be that old. Obi Wan would not be as old, I think, as as Obi Wan's saw... two years from a new hope. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> right. I take that back. Okay, uh, I take that back. So this
3: would be an Alec Guinness type of Obi Wan, is what we would see.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. Closer yeah. to that than Ewan McGregor.
0: Also, Ted, you want to talk about our theory
1: with uh, a certain actor? Yeah, that's right, because. So we know Ewan McGregor was in TFA. He recorded some lines. And like William, we were discussing, they f- you know, they record these things quite a while out. So it could have been that they recorded some of this season with Ewan McGregor um, right after TFA or before or whenever. But the reason... That you know, I kind of hold to this theory too. Is a lot of the stuff Ewan said. I mean, he's been very open about. Oh yeah, I want to come back to Star Wars and uh, do a bunch of stuff. Now, why the excitement? You know, <laughs> I could imagine. You know, you go in, you record some stuff. Um, the movie does really well and everything, and that really excites you. If you were just like sitting at home or involved in some other project. Would you be saying all this stuff? I don't know. So, that was kind of our theory is that. Um, Interesting. They might, if, you know, they had a kind of like season two, they had a part one and they had a part two. We're thinking maybe season three, you know, you'll have the finale, the mid season finale where uh, Darth Maul kind of touches down on Tatooine. Maybe you get some of that Star Wars episode one, you know, the Phantom Menace, where. Darth Maul is on Tatooine looking out. Except this time he's on Tatooine looking out at the horizon and maybe sees Ben Kenobi's little hut. (laughs) uh, And then the mid-season finale ends. And the next season, they use um, Ewan McGregor's coming as a huge marketing thing.
2: So let me ask, though. So one of the things they talked about with Ahsoka and Vader was that they couldn't make Rebels... You know, a story of Ahsoka. It had to fit. Uh-huh. So how do we mm-hmm. fit in? Like, Maul fits in because he's been got this relationship with Ezra. How do we fit in the rest of the Rebels characters into, you know, doing this type of story?
0: You don't, and that's what Thrawn's for. Right? Filoni has said Thrawn is the adversary for Hera and the Rebels. Maul is the adversary for Ezra and Kanan. And I think that's how they do it.
4: So it sounds it, like it, it
0: ultimately it's going to be through Ezra's the, the lens of Ezra. Right. Um, but I think we're still going to yeah. see a, a, a Maul Obi-Wan conflict and maybe Ezra is actually able to, you know, help Obi-Wan in some
1: way. Yeah, I, I personally don't think they're ever going to meet um, if there is like an Obi-Wan Maul conflict. I don't ever think that Ezra and Kanan come into contact really. with Luke or Obi-Wan. Luke, I don't think they're going to come in contact. No, with. Well, I think they'll not see even... him afar. Not even Obi Wan because other, you know, Obi Wan is really invested in Luke as the only hope, basically. Mm-hmm. So if there was someone like Ezra or even Kanan, you know, it doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, of course, you know, stuff could happen, but why would he kind of ignore them? He doesn't seem like he knows there are other. Maybe um, they have to die.
4: Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, well, maybe that again is the end game. Maybe, at the end of all this, if there were to be anybody spinning out of this to survive, it will be the ghost of the crew, minus the Jedi.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, and I'm curious, Bruce. What are your thoughts on this? Where do you go if you bring in Obi Wan and Luke? Where Where do you take the story after uh, that? Anyways, we well, have to be.
3: You have to be very careful because mm-hmm. I don't think you want to overplay Obi-Wan and Luke in Star Wars Rebels. And no, no, no. Well, but, but the other thing I'm thinking, though, is Ezra, I mean, if Ezra has this vision of the two sons... Does that mean that they're going to go to Tatooine? And if they do go to Tatooine and you don't have Ezra and Canaan interact with Obi-Wan and Luke, what are they going to do on Tatooine in, to begin with? I mean, th- this is also Ezra's journey. He's looking for a way to destroy the Sith, and he has shown the two sons. So I would think he's going to end up on Tatooine. But to do what? I have no idea because I can't imagine Ezra and Luke interacting. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't he think he can.
2: can have Luke interact with anyone like that. Right. I think Luke. It, no, no. I think Luke. You'll see from afar.
0: I, I mean. Th- wh- so what
2: if what if Ezra makes the sacrifice to protect Maul? Sorry, to protect Luke from uh, Maul. I could
0: see that.
3: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Yeah, I mean, this sounds kind of like. Wait, what are you talking about? Ezra's ultimate sacrifice. Now, so we don't know anything for sure. No, no, no. Of course. But not. what we do know is that. You know, initially, I think the rumor was what three seasons for Rebels. Mm-hmm. We do know that Dave Floney is now working. He, he's no longer the supervising director of the show. He is working on a more high high level stuff. Uh, one might say an, a new TV show with the the uh, the writer who, who who she tweeted recently that uh, Jen or something that she that she's working on a new animated series for Lucasfilm. It, all signs point to a new show has been, is in the works what if season 3 is indeed the last season again we don't know for sure what if it is the last season because they're like they're accelerating very quickly at this show they've got Thrawn they've got uh, they've got Luke and Obi-Wan they're starting to bring into this I don't really almost know where you take the show after this in, in terms of like the Star Wars lore that would like excite fans if you already got maul and you know all these major major players uh you're going after luke
1: right what do you do when like maul's going after luke and obi-wan yeah which is kind of why it's hard to know what happens on tatooine um but but also you can like say that you know if they bring in obi-wan what can they ever do after that but i do get the sense it's a little bit that way I mean, not as much as it would be, obviously, with Obi-Wan. But, like, when Darth Vader shows up in season two, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, no. What can they possibly do after this? And Even they Vader, still they can try to, to, yeah. to, like, run away. I don't know. You can certainly do
0: more. It's not so you can't. But I feel like when you start bringing in, like, yeah. you know, uh, someone's going or potentially stumbling upon Luke and going after Obi-Wan on Tatooine... Uh, even though mom probably doesn't know there's a good chance. He only knows that Obi-Wan is alive and not where his location, they have to like combine their knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Ezra doesn't really know, like twin signs doesn't necessarily mean Tatooine. There's a lot of plants with twin sons, but
1: I don't know. But they, they, we know if it is Tatooine, we we're pretty much hundred percent sure that nothing will happen with Luke. Right? right. Because he has no idea what's going on in a new hope. Yep. Um, they can only do stuff, basically, with Obi-Wan. But even then, I, uh, I'm i not 100% sure, you know, because, I mean, just the Obi-Wan's motivations and everything. And like I said, stuff could happen. But if it is going to happen, if anything's going to happen on Tatooine, it's going to happen with Obi-Wan, I think. Mm-hmm. And definitely not Luke.
4: Well, I, I think if it's going to be that way, it's Maul. It's, the way I read it, Maul is after Obi-Wan and Maul is so so desperate for revenge against Obi-Wan. And I think that's mm, where yep. it's going to end up. And I think that everybody was trying to figure out how Maul fits into this. I think again when it gets to the end game, this is going to be the end game for Darth Maul. And this is going to be he's going to go up against Obi-Wan. They're going to have a great lightsaber battle. There it's going to be great dialogue and I think at the end of the season, Maul is not going to make it. And this will be the end of Maul. We're not going to see him come back any more, you know, part Android robotic than he is already. He's done at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it, it's really exciting. I can't wait to see where they go with mm. this. There's so much, so much potential. And, like, the fact that they're doing this in the third episode of the season
1: right, and then is amazing. Many- how many episodes are there again?
0: Uh, last season, they did 20 episodes. Uh, first season, yeah. did
3: 10 or 13, so...
1: So you can imagine, how are they going to stretch that out for, like, 17 yeah, or whatever? Yeah, I, I hope episodes. they don't. I hope they don't save it for the season finale. Well,
3: yeah, because Maul's on his way to Tatooine. How long does it take? I mean, we can't wait, you know, to the oh, end well, of the so Ma- season. So Maul,
0: again, to be fair, Maul might not know where, right? He might just... I think what happened was, I think he saw Obi-Wan. Yeah. I think Ezra saw... A planet, uh, saw a planet. Saw a planet with a planet twin suns. Yep. And he does say to, you know, because he he's talking with Kanan afterward, and he says he doesn't know if he saw what he wanted to see or what Maul was trying to see. Mm-hmm. He says he saw places, mostly planets, some familiar, some not, and he's he's not sure what it means.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Kanan says, we'll find out together. So he doesn't know, but he has hints. And I think so. We'll start to see their journey to finding this planet um, and, and to finding where Obi Wan is, but they know. They know. They have bits and pieces. They have clues. It's just getting there. Also, did anybody else expect Ezra to say images really feelings when he was talking about <laughs> planets mostly? Oh yeah, you know, places but, mostly planets.
1: And, and I, I do want to actually mention really quick because he said like you know he doesn't know. Does Maul really know what planet it is, right? And if he saw Obi Wan. I'm imagining he saw Obi-Wan maybe, you know, with sand around him or something. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember that Tatooine's important to the fans and everything because, you know, we've seen the original trilogy and all this stuff. But Tatooine is actually a nobody planet. I mean, it's just, it's unimportant completely. So if you were Darth Maul, and you saw maybe Obi-Wan on a desert planet or something, why would you actually assume that's Tatooine, right? I mean, right, why yeah. would Obi-Wan be back in Tatooine? Maul would be like, wait, Tatooine again? I'm going back to that planet? Yeah.
0: I already had to go track down those Jedi in the Phantom Menace once. I'm going back there again? What the heck?
4: <laughs>
3: No, you know what would be cool the fact that maul does see obi-wan on a desert planet but he doesn't know what the planet is and we see maul going to Jakku looking for obi-wan oh that would
4: be cool oh that would be gone
0: by to each desert planet goes to Jakku and genosis and like (laughs) he's (laughs) trying to (laughs) trying to find uh obi-wan somewhere oh that'd be awesome darth maul road trip that'd be awesome um but taking taking a a step back because you know this is this is only uh part of what happens you know uh Hera, Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper are, you know, still captured by Maul. And they managed to break free, actually, while Maul's sitting in the other room trying to open up the holocron. And I was actually surprised, like, the, the droids that uh, these droids that Maul had uh, hacked and reprogrammed for Mandalore, that they um, they weren't as well defended, I guess. They didn't put a, a restraining bolt on Chopper. They yeah. didn't, like, signal an alarm when they escape. Um, but unfortunately, the the escape attempt quickly fails, and Maul recaptures them. Uh, we got a really cool scene where Maul and his magnetic legs are
1: magnetized to the ceiling, which which I always found was really funny because like, why did they fire at Maul when he was <laughs> stuck up on the ceiling? <laughs> which allowed him, you know, to deflect, deflect the bolt. blaster shot. That's true. Just leave him there, right? Right.
0: Oh, well, I'm sure you could use the force on them, you know, and start choking them. Or, or Which whatnot. he
4: did to Sabine. He did yeah. grab her.
0: Yeah, that, they, yeah exactly. Well, and, and Zeb got um, crushed by uh, one of those boxes too. Yeah, uh, he survived, but you know, probably, probably has a sore back. One of my one of my favorite scenes, though, is this took me completely by surprise. I saw the clip at Solaris Celebration, uh, Europe. Uh, yeah, Bruce, you were there with me. Um What what did you think of of, of the this great scene, right? So they they land on or uh, well, I, I guess first they, they they're en route to Maul's location, and Ezra decides no, he's not gonna open up the Sith Ralkron. He wants to hear what Canon has to say and said, which was uh, very proud of Ezra there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um and they they decide that you know Maul's greatest weapon is fear. They so they have to control their fear. Uh, um, and then there's a nice little joke about uh, Ezra saying you know. Can tells Ezra you don't sound relaxed, and uh, Ezra says I look relaxed. Nice <laughs> joke, you know about Can not being able to see. Um, but uh, so they they land their their A wing trainer, the RZ-1T, on Vizsla Keep 09 Station, and. Uh, this is a station seen in the Son of Dathomir comic series. Actually, um, you know, during the Clone Wars, Maul captured Count Dooku and General Grievous, took him to Ord Mantel, from, captured him on Ord Mantel, took him to the station, and the Republic followed. And there was a big battle between the Republic and Maul's Shadow Collective. Um, but uh, so they they arrive on um, on Visla Keep 09, uh, built by Pre Visla, and uh, they they hop out and Kanan, or Maul sends Ezra to the uh, the bridge, uh, or the command center. And he takes Kanan with him. Uh, and they start oh, walking down the hallway. And, you know, Maul starts to apologize, believe it or not, right? He says, you know, truthfully, I was never trying to blind you. And, and Kanan says, oh no? Maul says, he says, oh no, you were just trying to kill me. And Maul so beautifully says, Well, at first you don't succeed, try, try again, and mm-hmm. shoves Kanan into the airlock, hits the button, and Kanan goes flying outside. Completely, I... completely surprised, even though I knew it was coming the second time after seeing the clip.
2: Yeah. Brutal scene. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. And, and, and he like, should have been dead, really. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and it's funny, too, because I think what takes you by surprise so much. Sorry. Um, What takes you by surprise so much is that even in season two and every time we've seen Darth Maul, we know he's a bad guy. Right. (laughs) Except he seems so sincere, you know, and and he doesn't hurt Ezra's friends. And you actually kind of get lulled into a sense of safety with him and then just boom out of nowhere. Have a great day. And he shoves (laughs) Kanan out the airlock. And you're like, whoa. Sam, we're
0: so brilliant. Yeah. I mean, so, Bruce, you, you saw the clip with me. Yes. You knew this was going to happen. Uh, wh- what did you think when you saw it in the episode?
3: Um, I thought it was good because, well, what I liked about it was that Maul was just so calm. And he's been calm pretty much throughout the whole episode. And then when he goes to push Kanan and he's just, you know, well, first you don't succeed. Try, try again. And he just gets so mad, you know, and just like it works so better in the episode than just seeing it as a clip separate.
0: Yeah. And mm. for context, and in the, in the, when they did the clip, they cut it as soon as he went out the airlock. And oh, so nice. we've been waiting, what, two months? Yeah. Uh, Bruce.
3: Two yeah, but to we find also out, knew like, that he wasn't gonna. We knew he was gonna live. I mean, yeah, we we
0: knew he was gonna live, but <laughs> it's probably
3: Because it, if it, he was, was gonna nice die, clip. they would not have shown that clip to us. Yeah, well, he ends up dying. We showed you the <laughs> clip. We revealed that yeah to you early. <laughs> you
0: you kind of had to feel bad for him if he had died like. He gets blinded in, in uh, uh, Twilight <laughs> The Apprentice. He has his little scene and steps into shadow where he's like skulking. Finally feels better. And then boom, Mal kills him. So thankfully,
4: that did not happen. You know, so what and, else is going to happen to also... Kanan? It's like, what else is going to happen to Kanan at this point? He's been blinded. He's been thrown out of an airlock. What's left?
1: Well, we don't see him in enough. Ep- I mean, I he has all of his limbs. Well, <laughs> true. He's, he yeah, has it's his true. limbs. We it's true. Star that. Wars. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Could we see another oh, hand missing? missing? Who knows, right? Maybe, maybe we have Robot Mall versus Robot Kanan. Um, but uh, Stephen, as our as our resident vehicle and science expert, what did you think <laughs> of uh, Kanan's uh, trek to no space? comment?
2: <laughs> okay, really? I I don't consider myself enough of an expert to comment on space exposure. I've always
4: I've always said this. It's the suspension of disbelief. It's a cartoon; they can get away with it. Although you do see a lot of times, stormtroopers basically f- flying off into space. Um, somehow, uh, Jedi is able to survive and get back in.
0: Grievous, to be fair, mostly droid, uh, had a brief uh, jaunt into space in um, in Revenge of the Sith.
1: Yep, well- and. And uh, what was interesting is did we see Grievous like frosted up and everything? Cuz I mean, you probably would, right? It's, it's I don't think we did see Grievous get some frost on because he him, had heaters. Did, oh, he had heaters. Yeah, they yeah. had heaters. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. Built in. Yeah, built-in heaters.
0: Yeah, the 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 forecast uh was a little frosty, right, Bruce? Um Jeez. in space.
3: Oh, wow, the but, puns. Uh, so good.
0: Uh,
1: but Did we
4: ever um, hear Kanan scream while he was out there? Sorry, I had to throw that one.
0: No. I, I don't think so. No,
3: because <laughs> no, I look for those kind of things, and okay. no, we never heard them scream. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but I mean, it seemed it didn't bother me too much. Like I don't know. So I, again, I'm not not an expert on this whatsoever. But I know in the the old EU, there were multiple times where Jedi could survive being in space for a short period of time by like using the Force to slow down their 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 bodies and their breathing and stuff. Um,
4: okay, wait so, a minute. I just realized there was another person who was able to survive in space. Star-Lord. Uh-huh. Star-Lord did oh, it. Geez. He did it in Guardians of the Galaxy. He survived a little bit, and he was freezing up. So I see where they... Sorry. Let's get back to the uh-huh. show.
3: <laughs> I think uh, Chopper, Chopper taught Kanan how to survive in space. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: Can a droid teach a, a human how to survive in space? Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
3: We need to give Chopper some love. Yeah, we I had to throw that we in do.
0: there. You know, he was, didn't really have a big presence in this episode.
3: No, he didn't. Mm-mm. They just used him to slam him into other droids, and that was it.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I mean, there was they had a lot of other stuff going on in this episode. I'm sure Chopper will get his due. Um. But but I, I, anyway, I, I love the little touch of you know having the, the frost all over him when he finally lands back inside the the hangar uh mm-hmm. and just barely barely survives uh and then of course Kanan goes and rescues everyone just in time with a nice triple droid decapitation mm-hmm. uh, uh w- 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 very reminiscent of yoda actually on kashyyyk in avengers of the sith yeah when he takes off the out the off the heads of the the two
4: clone troopers yeah yeah <sighs>
2: So see, is there I, anything else to cover in this episode? No. I think, I, I think
0: that's about it. We can get into our final thoughts. This was, there was a lot to, to digest in this episode for, mm-hmm. for being the third episode of the season and 22 minutes long. There yeah. was a
3: lot.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So
4: with that, Tom, do you want to, do you want to start with your rating? I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Ah, uh, you know what? I'm going to give it a 9.5. Great episode, and what really pushed it over the top was the end with the holocrons. And I really do believe this is the start of the end game. Greg Weissman has said, think of Rebels as a three-act play with a beginning, middle, and an end. This is the end game. I think this really started it out, and I really believe it's going to accelerate from this point forward, and it's going to get very intense we may see a couple breather episodes that may not be so intense, but I think it's going to build into an end game. And I think at this point it's been set up very well. So it's a 9.5 and I'm going to take my 9.5 womp rats. And I think I'm just going to throw them out of an airlock and see if they can get themselves back in again. <laughs> well, okay. That's I, an easy one, but it's great yeah, one. you know what? And,
0: and, and Tom, to your point, Maul does tell Ahsoka in, uh, in twilight apprentice
4: the end game lady tato
0: the end game
4: okay so if that says it i believe it's probably coming yeah yeah so next uh steven why don't you go next
2: oh okay well let's see so I think William, you kind of said it best that this is a 22 minute episode that had, even though the story itself was relatively straightforward, it just, it, there was a lot that was, uh, there was a lot going on and there's, it has a lot of, uh, impact I think for the rest of the season. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I, I think I'm gonna have to give it, I think I'm gonna give it an 8.5 out of 10. And that's, I don't even, like, it's more of a, it's a personal preference thing, I think, more than any fault on the episode itself. Um, And then I gotta figure out what to do with my womp rats. That's also really tough. Hmm. Oh, well, this is actually quite clear. Uh, Well, it's, I mean, Ezra is, you know, looking, he's looking, seeing the holocrons, he's seeing a vision, he sees twin sons. He sees some teenager
4: bullseye (laughs) womp rats? (laughs) Very (laughs) weird. Oh, oh. uh... Oh, you went there. Oh, how perfect. (laughs) Oh, that's great! I don't, I don't, think, I don't, I just don't know what it means. That's great. I don't great. think
0: our Whamperator rating has ever been more perfect in the history wow. of the show.
2: <laughs> I, I do help. I'm happy to oblige. <laughs> I just
4: give up. I give up. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, God! Ah, oh. Bruce, can you follow that one up?
3: Well, 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 let's see. Let me try to do this. So I'm going to say that I give this episode 9 out of 10 Womp Rats. Uh, I think that uh, – I think there was a lot there, of course, because we've covered it. But I think just those last few minutes, that was enough there that you, if you just gave me the last three minutes of this episode, that would have been enough. But I, I think it was – Hands down, a great episode. Uh, I'm not going to give it a ten just because I think something more is coming. So this is the build up to that. So I'm going to give it nine out of ten, and I would say that my Womp rats are—they um, are the the GPS unit in Darth Maul's ship because they know how to get to Tatooine since they're from there, and they also supply a visitor's guide of things to do on the planet since it's their home planet. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. So a, vis- a visitor's guide to Tatooine supplied by yes. Womp Rat, The Womp Rat <laughs> Travel Agency. Great. There you go. <laughs> Lots to do. They do like interpretive dances or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just don't drink the water.
1: Oh, okay. uh, Ted? I'll go last. So um, I really, really liked this episode. I'm probably going to go with an 8.5 as well. um, Because I think this episode hinges a lot on what's going to happen the rest of the season. Uh, So I'm going to go with an 8.5. And for my Womp Rats, I'm going to throw them in Bendu's cave and break their thumper. um, And hopefully (laughs) they show no fear on their way out. (laughs) Well, apparently one does because there's there's a half a breath somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, good one. Oh god, good one.
0: Uh. Oh, okay. Uh, so you know, I think you know, Ted, you made an excellent point. Right, it, it really hinges on what's to come. Uh, this episode was a lot of build up, uh, and it was it was still some great moments, but it really is the last you know five minutes of the episode that really um i think uh, make it so exciting and so great that being said like my excitement level once i finished this episode was off the charts like you know ted you and i watched this for or we watched the episode and probably proceeded to talk for what two hours about the implications of this episode you know tom we we should have unfortunately recorded the call i guess you know tom you hopped on there as well yep it was it was it was great it was a great uh time um and we talked about many of the same things we did here tonight, but uh, you know, just just the ex- excitement coming was the,
4: right off of the episode. It, like just, right after watching it, it was the excitement. I agree.
0: Yeah, it's there's there's nothing like it, and um, and so I think that excitement level alone uh, is why I'm gonna read it at nine and a half. Like like you, Tom. Like mm-hmm. it was such a good episode, and yeah, there's so much more they could do, but. Uh, that that excitement level at high that you have after watching this episode was just so good. I'm gonna give it nine and a half womp rats out of ten. And um, you know uh, what we find out is that unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, Ezra is not s- understanding his vision correctly. uh Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, it's he saw twin sons S.O.N.S. because the one of the couple of the Womp Rats had some twin sons and um, it has nothing to do with Tatooine. Actually, it, it has, you know, a couple of baby Womp Rats. uh oh. run around.
4: Force wielding Womp Rats. Twin oh, that sons, would be sc- S.O.N.S. Oh, that would be scary. Force
0: wielding Womp Rats. Oh, geez. That would be scary. That, that's that's scarier than uh, Womp Rat Tour Guides. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Steven, you still win, though. Steven, you were <laughs> perfect. Far.
4: Yeah. Oh,
0: anyway. Okay. Uh, uh, coming up on Ion Cannon it's season three, episode four The Antilles Extraction. In this episode, Sabine goes undercover as a cadet in the Empire's Elite Flight Academy to help free several young pilots who want to defect to the rebellion including
4: dun, dun, dun. good old
0: Wedge Antilles. There you go. Cue screaming from a number of Star Wars fans I know who love Wedge Antilles. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. It is going to gonna be one. a really, really good episode. You guys, maybe, that's,
3: it. maybe it's Wedge that Maul saw, and he's like, oh, he's alive. He's living in legends."
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's Porkins. They found Porkins. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I, we I, I really repeat. hope Porkins he is found... in this
4: episode I think that would be outstanding I can't wait to Saturday <laughs> to find out
0: <laughs> Oh that would be amazing if he was yeah. but, And he uh, can fly yeah. <laughs> we, we can see what maybe Pigs can fly P- Pigs yeah. can fly if oh, Porkins oh, can oh, oh, oh.
4: I, think, I think we better get out of here gentlemen I think it's time
0: uh, Clearly we know what pigs like to do One of their hobbies is flying Oh god
4: <laughs> Oh god and on that note, on that note. Yeah,
0: so Bruce, Ted, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. This was you, so much fun you. to have you on. Bruce, with, we, we haven't had you on the show. We, we've talked about it for a long time and never made it happen. So you finally made it. You're here. Yeah,
3: thank, I finally did it.
0: Do you want to plug your, uh, you know, where people can find you online and your podcasts?
3: Not really. Uh, no, I will. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <there. laughs> Yeah, so again, uh, producer of the Star Wars Report podcast, and I'm on there occasionally, so you can hear me there. I'm also doing uh, the 602 Club. They have a. uh, They do uh, different geek things, but they do a lot of Star Wars, and I'm on the Star Wars shows, and there's a special feed for that. So if you look for the 602 Club Star Wars feed, you can find me on there on a lot of those episodes and i also do star trek books and comics on literary treks podcast and on twitter i'm at admiral underscore rex Uh,
0: i'm sorry bruce we're gonna have to escort you off
3: this podcast now never never. it's
1: all right bruce
4: (laughs) Don't, don't don't make me pull a fanboy's (laughs) <laughs> oh we're kidding we're kidding yeah just kidding i'm kidding i have to give you a hard time
3: hey i i'm uh, in the middle i have great balance between the two <laughs> you're you're the bendu of fandom i'm the fan. bendu of fandom
0: <laughs> that's great that's great and you and i are actually on uh a recent episode of uh the 602 club matt rushing's podcast as well talking yes. about Lenore, so uh and it's a star trek uh podcast so see you know we, we, we like
3: everything. It's a Star uh, Trek podcast talking about Star Wars. There you go. Yes.
0: There you it's go. It's all science fiction. Uh, uh, it's all fun. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Ted, we'd love to have thank, thank you for coming on the show as well. It's been
1: a long time since we, uh, we podcasted together, so it's oh, good yeah. to have you back. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. I hope I'm on in the future. It's really good episodes coming out. You yeah. Know, so. oh, we'll, we'll have you back on for sure. If you want to join this, you guys are
0: both of you are always welcome on the podcast. So, always, uh, yeah,
3: awesome. Definitely.
0: So, with that, thanks, guys. And we'll be back next week with two episodes. We're going to be reviewing the Antilles Extraction as well as Ahsoka, which comes out on Tuesday as you're listening to this. Uh, in just one week, you we get the book about Ahsoka that tells about her, what happens to her between um, the Clone Wars and Rebels.
4: Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2016.